This week's episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by The Humble Bundle. Hey, if you're looking to expand your gaming library, either through your PC or one of your console systems, you have to check out what Humble Bundle can bring to you. You'll be able to donate at a level that you're comfortable with. And I say donate because when you subscribe to The Humble Bundle, Every week, a portion of the proceeds go to support a very good charity. They vet their charities. You get a ton of games. And hey, for 12 bucks, you get AAA games, a bunch of indies, and you can really, really fill out your Steam library. Go to nerdcognito.com, scroll down the page, find the link to the Humble Bundle, and give it a shot. 12 bucks and... If you pick up one game a month you like, it's paid for itself. Plus, proceeds go to fantastic causes. You can even scale and select the charities of your choice. Again, go to nerdcognito.com, scroll down the page, find the link to the Humble Bundle, and subscribe. Now, on with the show. Hey everybody, what's going on? My name's Ryan David. You've tuned in for another week of Nerd Cognito, and I'm joined by, well, nobody. Bert is running late, and Mikey is, of course, in the Great Abyss, so it's just me for now. Bert might be swinging in a little bit later. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, I've got, of course, a week lined up of fantastic news. We're going to talk about the big deal in the tabletop role-playing space, or I should say virtual tabletop role-playing space. That is the merger, or I guess partnership is a better term, of drive through RPG and Roll20. And, of course, we pulled another board game off the shelf of shame this week. And on the flip side of the news, we're going to talk about A War of Whispers. Another oldie, sort of. It was a 2019 release. But it was new to us. So, of course, you know, hey, we're going to talk about it. Tell you a little bit about what I set up for this week is I totally, 100%, just dropped an open Discord link on my Twitter. So, Anyone could show up this week for the show, and it'll be interesting. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's going to be tough to tell. Thank God for editing. And if someone doesn't show up, then, of course, it went poorly. So we will see what happens. And if anybody shows up, it'll be a fantastic, fantastic episode. No sense in waiting any longer. Might as well just jump right on into it. And talk about the big deal. That's right. Roll20 just teamed up with One Bookshelf, and that's the the parent company of Drive Through RPG and Dungeon Masters Guild. And they are, oh my God, my eyeballs are rolling, leveling up to form a joint venture. They want to, quote, have a seamless future of cross-platform PDF support and hope to launch synchronized content libraries on Roll20. I mean, I guess it's good if your only game is a digital game, but let's face it, you know, most of the old grognards like me are having their own 
face-to-face traditional gaming. You know, I get it. Online gaming, if it's the only option, well, it's the only option. But if it's not the only option, then by all means, embrace traditional face-to-face gaming. Just so much is lost. Not being able to, you know, read faces and have that interaction. And again, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. But there's just something that leaves me feeling empty. And hey, we've got a guest in the guest channel. Someone is either going to fucking troll me or is joining us. And welcome to Live Nerd Cognito. Tommy, I guess. Tommy's having some mic issues, everybody. Tommy, are you with us? Or am I going to have to generate another goddamn link? Ah, Tommy left us, but Bert has joined us. Bert, my friend, thank you so much for joining us this week. I know you were a little, little late to the party, and that's okay, you know. You, you, you got rained out on your barbecue. We had an open, I, I was very, very brave, an open Discord link for all of our friends on Twitter. We had Tommy come in, and then Tommy just breathed a lot into the microphone. It was probably some uh, one of my friends that I, I, I was foolish, and I threw an open Discord link into the guest channel. <laughs> oh my (laughs) just just for shits and giggles uh we do have a guest lined up for next week uh that we were going to talk to tonight but he had to run so we'll talk to him next week so just because i was bored i threw a a tweet out there and said hey here here's a one-time use link to the guest channel see what happens tommy came in and he breathed at me for about 45 seconds and then he disconnected and then you came in right as he disconnected so uh it's it's it was fun i i was telling the folks this week that our plan was to talk about the big deal in the tabletop role-playing world i guess the virtual tabletop role-playing world did you read about this the roll 20 partnership slash merger slash partnership No, I did not. Yeah, so Roll20 and One Bookshelf, who's the parent company of DriveThruRPG, have announced that they are partnering to have more seamless integration for the PDFs. So uh, I I guess that's good. It's a nudge in the wrong direction, if you know what I'm saying, Bert. Uh, I get where you're coming from, especially with the problems that, you know, that you brought up with DriveThruRPG before, you know, taking an online platform that so many users use, like to support a PDFs from a company that is, you know, eliminating small, small creators in some aspects. It's kind of a sh- It's, it's kind of a hit. It, it's it not, is. Uh, not exactly the best. Um, the I best wasn't even going forward. that route. I was going the... My God, fucking people get together and look at each other across a table. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going that route because I I get it. Virtual gaming is preferable to no gaming. Sure. I'm in a couple of virtual groups and it's because all the guys in them 
live really far away from each other. They need to find some fucking friends that are not really far away. I'm sorry. You know how I feel about this one. This one, this one rubs my rhubarb, man. So I was blathering on about it, and then Tommy came and gave me a 70s illicit phone call, and then you came, and here's where we are. So <laughs> I, I see the good points, right? If you're going to integrate, A, you're going to be able to have some sort of encryption on your content, right? True. If you want to use the integrated content, you're going to actually have to fucking own it, Sparkle Trolls, instead of just downloading it uh, from whatever source you choose to do. Uh, I wonder where they are getting it now that the Trove has been offline for quite some time now. I, hmm. I'm, I'm sure that there are archives of the Trove out there. I know that the, the torrents have several just uh, mirrors of it that are floating out there. But, you know, now the Trove is is starting to get long in the tooth. It hasn't been updated. So someone, I'm sure, will write in and tell me what the pirate equivalent of the trove is now since i don't try to keep up with that stuff yeah me either uh, if i want something i'll purchase it you know if i support the creators you know I'm and kind the of hobby's a, I, not life-changing money i mean some of the books are expensive but even sure. they are not life-changing money come on no, guys no uh, you could you could pay especially an independent creator 10 to 40 dollars for their work it's not going to break the bank um right. I mean, as somebody who's played online, I can see the uh, appeal of having the integration. You know, I've used a Roll20 before. I've used, um, what's the other one? The Forge? Yeah, the Forge. Uh, uh, fuck. I don't know, because I hate online gaming. Uh, something Forge, right? Right, right. <laughs> something <But>, Forge. <laughs> God! No, I mean, it, the, it was all up to the, ga the Game Master what system we used. I just followed their instructions and kind of went from there. I, I never had to set up an online game. And Drive-Thru RPG does have a huge library of um, properties, so integration would make sense. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about it considering the problems we've had with Drive-Thru RPG, you know. And I, I gotta tell you. Censoring creators, but. Itch.io is really carving out, or was, I'm gonna say, because I think this is gonna really hamper them they were really carving out a decent marketplace for a lot of those indie designers to go to that maybe philosophically didn't want the ban hammer to come down from the big corporate. And right. if, if there's integration for the same dollar, that's going to crush itch.io. Yeah. That's going to hurt. Yeah. I don't know, but that that's, that's the biggie this week. That's sort of, Everybody was buzzing about it in the middle of the week. And, um, yeah, just drive-through RPG gives me gives me the willies. It's like getting a 30-day ban on Facebook. <laughs> Which you would know all about. Oh, when I used to use the Facebook heavily, I needed like eight accounts, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously did. I was on a permanent 30-day rotation. You're the only person I know who's been in Facebook jail enough to be a Facebook lifer. Oh, yeah, I've got the tattoos to prove it. It's not news to anybody that follows me online. What? It's time for news. 
So what else is in the news this week, Ryan? <laughs> well, we did talk about the big one. Um, I've got an interesting little palette of news here. Nothing that right. nothing that is really setting the world on fire, but also nothing that's making my head explode. So I call that a win. This one, I don't even know if it's nerdy news. It's kind of like the world news. But, you know, when we think of buying shit online... Where's sure. the first place everybody goes? Uh, I mean, the, the big ones are places like Amazon. There or, you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> Amazon, right? Uh, certainly not a nerdy story at all. It's more of an economic story, but I think it fits just because, you know, everybody does shit online and us nerds more so th than the others. But Amazon Basics and their other private label brands might be going bye-bye, Bert. Really? Why is that? I was reading the Wall Street Journal this week, and I actually pulled this story from from my daily non-nerd reading. Um, they are openly discussing the possibility of exiting private label business because of regulatory pressure. Hmm. It's easier for them to say, fuck it, we're not going to provide a cheaper option. And, and let me say, I like Amazon Basics for a lot of products. I think the Amazon Basics cables, uh, again, in the nerd realm, they're great. I mean, they're better than the China junk that, that doesn't sure. work, and they're in that same price category. Disposable batteries, right? Right. I mean, I've ordered a few things from the Basics, and, you know, you get, you, you know, you get what you're expecting out of them. They're, you know, uh, higher quality than sort of the low-end products right. that you think of, but they're not you know they're not name brand or you know top shelf it's you know it's like you said it's better than the black and whites right but sure. it's in the same price category as the as the black and whites so it, it is disappointing uh, apparently they've been facing a lot of pressure specifically in their lower cost food brands the happy belly shit i guess is what it is and there's a healthcare option where they do generic OTC drugs. Really? I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I, I tell you right now, you know, when, when the coffee gets me on my heartburn, I pop myself an Amazon Pepsid. <laughs> <laughs> I normally don't think about ordering that stuff online. If I get heartburn, it's a trip to the drugstore these days. You know? uh, no, no, no. I, I, I got to keep it. Keep it on board because, you know, occasionally I do see bullshit that makes me just blow up in all sorts of ways. But uh, Amazon Basics and other house brands, uh, they have a whole line of shit. I, I mean, I can list the different names that they have. That's one thing I, I, I didn't understand because the Amazon brand is a pretty powerful brand in today's sure. world. Why are they not just openly branding it as Amazon brand? Outside of Amazon Basics, they it's not really out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of strange. Like, But I guess you see that everywhere you go. I mean, if you go to, you know, Walmart, you know, their, their uh, you know, low-end option isn't called Walmart brand. Oh, shit. What is it like? Good value good, or something yeah, like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, back in the day. My first job, my best job. Oh, if I could go back to those days, Kmart. Did I? <laughs> did, did you know that my first job was Kmart? 
Blue light special in uh, aisle that two. Was, that was my job. That was my job at Kmart. Uh, I started as a cashier. Can you imagine this sunshiny personality as a cashier? <laughs> you dealing with the public. Hmm. Well, they soon figured out that that probably wasn't the best role for me and moved me to the service desk so I could deal with so, the angry people, right? Right. So you with customer complaints. Okay. Well, I mean, people tear you up online all, all week now, so it's and then not I, anything new. I eventually bounced to sporting goods, which surprisingly i did well in and you know as a strapping young lad of what 16 (laughs) i was behind the sporting goods counter but i I stayed with kmart for like six years through college until i got the the job you know with the with the pro wrestling gig Uh, right that's that's where i was and uh I eventually was the assistant sporting goods manager they trusted me with the keys to the guns and the ammunition Oh, my. And then the other half of my job was if it wasn't, because we were a super Kmart, if it wasn't a grocery item, I was the blue light special guy. Ah. Loved it. Bert, I still have dreams. I shit you not. I still have dreams that I am going back present day to Kmart being like, hey, you guys going to hire me? Which is funny because the building doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Yeah. You're, you, there Are there any Kmarts left at all? No. I mean, there are none in our no, area. no. Attention, Super Kmart shoppers. That blue light is flashing, and if you look up and about, we're back in our sporting goods department, where I've got balls. That's right, I've got balls, and I'm marking them down. Make sure to bring your balls to that flashing blue light. Merchandise not ticketed at the blue light will not be included in this special sale, so please be sure to have your items reticketed at that blue light. And thank you for shopping your Insert City Here Super Kmart. Oh, uh, that, I fucking loved it. Plus, whenever it was a super good deal and it went on blue light, I got first shot at the shit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't tell Guess you'd you. you'd know what was going on first, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. You know, some of our listeners don't even know what the fuck Kmart or a blue light special is. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we, may as, we might as well be talking about, you know, writing in Sanskrit or something. Well, let's talk about some other ancient technology. And this one also breaks my heart because, you know, I was also a photo guy very early in my youths. Nikon is rumored to be dropping out of the SLR market. And as someone that always had and continues to shoot Nikon, that hurts. Yeah, I mean I remember I remember the old commercials for the S- when the when the SLR was like brand new. Now, I think this is pretty much a done deal, although Nikon is not confirming or denying it. But it's from a Japanese news source, and if you, the media culture is very different in Japan. For them to report a rumor, it, it, it's it's a done deal, right? It's pretty it's pretty much confirmed, yes. But according to the rumor, Nikon will continue to produce and distribute existing SLR models, but development's going to shift entirely to mirrorless, which makes sense because you know it's lighter weight and produces arguably better images but there's just so many cool photography shit and things you can do with a mirror that you can't do with a mirrorless Uh, that is true i mean uh my wife is 
a big fan of photography and you're right. I mean, digital is, uh, you know, the wave of the future, but there are a lot more things you can do with, you know, mirrors and film that you can't do with a digital exposure. Hey, there's something to be said for shooting, processing, and then developing your own black and white too. And that is a lost art form. Now I'm I'm really letting my old man come out this week, Bert. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, we, uh, we did um, black and white photography and development as part of my physics class in high school. Oh, fantastic. Uh, we actually had in high school a media arts class. And uh, it, was, it was an arts elective. And there was like media arts one and two. Of course, that was my jam, right? So mm-hmm. I did media arts one and two. And then the media arts teacher and guidance worked out that I got the equivalent of media arts three and four as an independent study for, so I had it, I had it all through my four years in high school and yeah, shit. Yeah, man, there's nothing like shooting. uh, One of my favorite things was a slide tape. Did you ever make a slide tape? Never made a slide tape. Yeah. The, uh, the only way that I got any experience with it really was our physics teacher had put up a, a small blackout room that we were using for, um, did you ever uh, laser holographic plates? Yes. <laughs> yes. So we had a small uh, blacked out room for you for lasering holographic plates that the uh, physics teacher had set up. And since we already had the dark space and he was an amateur photographer, he also set it up for black and white photography developing. That's perfect. And, and you know what? To do one class, you really only need one enlarger and the room and a right. sink. Right. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know. Ah, skills gone to the wayside with with modern stuff. Jumping into the near future, we talked about this game, oh, several months ago. And I said, you know, this is a game that I really want. Well, finally, thank goodness, someone's listening, picked up traction. Do you remember we talked about the game Stray? Yes, yes, where you you play the role of a stray animal. In a cyberpunk near future city, right? Right, exactly. Well, the world figured out that this is an awesome concept and Stray rocketed to the top of Steam wish lists. And it is now the number one wished for game on Steam. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, so good for them taking a real leap of faith with their concept, believing in in their product and you know i'm sure someone big must have picked it up or said something because it wasn't it wasn't us and we love you nerd cognito subscribers but we realize our place in the world mr rogan we are not right (laughs) no (laughs) so no no, we are we are small fish in the ocean oh we're 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 krill (laughs) pretty krill in the ocean plankton yes but no i Awesome game. I mean, come on. You're walking around as a cat in a cyberpunk city doing right, I mean, cat a, things. Right. It's a unique concept. Like, it, it'd be interesting to see, like, um, you know, what you can actually do as a stray. I assume you're going to be looking for food, avoiding cars, you know, people chasing you. We're just about a week out from the release, so I'm interested to see how it does on, on launch. So, stray... If you haven't gotten on the hype train, go ahead and do it. 
I mean, why not? Again, we're not talking life-changing money here, folks. Right. We're talking an indie video game. Sticking with the video game theme here, one of our favorite horror science fiction franchises, Alien, okay, is finally slated to get a single-player action horror game. Now, single-player action horror, because there have been other Alien games, but they were, you know, either arcade side scrollers or. Um, there was a third-party sh- or a third-person shooter, uh, Fireteam, that was out right. a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a top-down shooter. There was Isolation, which was fantastic survival horror. But you weren't really going toe-to-toe with the Xenomorph. Pretty much, if you saw the Xenomorph, you were dead in Isolation. Right, right. Isolation was, you survived by running away and hiding. <laughs> I, did you play through Isolation? I played for a, I played for a while. I, uh, you know, it was challenging. Oh, my sure. God, was like, it hard. It, it, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come out and say it as a lifelong gamer. It was it was probably the hardest game that I can think of of the last 10 years. Right. I mean, after the 50th time the Xenomorph killed me, <laughs> I kind of lost interest, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what what will be. I, I still think, speaking of isolation, fucking license that. Sevastopol and the whole concept that's a movie waiting to happen that would be an excellent film it's already written just fucking make it (laughs) so uh, this week San Diego Comic Con tomorrow at Comic Con uh, they're gonna release more details of the Alien game so okay so we don't know much now just that it's coming and that it is a first person horror game it is coming, and first-person action horror, so uh, I'm thinking something along the lines of the modern Doom, which was excellent as well, so we, yeah. we shall see. And last but not least, sticking with horror, but shifting to our beloved tabletop role-playing, the fifth edition of Werewolf, there's rumblings, again, coming out of World of Darkness land, that Werewolf, the apocalypse, the apocalypse. I didn't. I didn't do well on that one, Bert. <laughs> no, no. Werewolf the apocalypse. We've been right? playing it forever, and and I can't say it. Yeah. Um, we know that the vampire reboot, the I, I guess quote fifth edition version of of vampire, launched about three four years ago. Right. Uh, well received, but nowhere near what it was in the early two thousands as far as popularity. Right. I always enjoyed Werewolf a little more than Vampire. I did too. And Hunter it was out not too long ago. Again, well-received, but I always thought that that was probably the weakest because the the whole, listen to me, White Wolf. It's not we want to call it World of Darkness now. <laughs> the whole World of Darkness property, it's not about hunting. That's That's sort of a a third tier thing. It's really immersion in that world. The one thing I'd really do like about the new fifth edition system, when I was, when I saw, Oh, werewolf, people are talking, maybe that's actually going to happen. Cause they've been pumping it since vampire came out in 2018. Right. Well, I mean the, you know, after vampire, the, the masquerade, the other popular ones at the time when I played were 
Werewolf mage. and uh, Mage the Ascension. Yeah, Mage was Mage was a biggie. I do like some of the changes that they made, though. Um, you remember you, you you had your target right, sure. and you rolled your dice pool, and if one of your dice on the pool hit the target, it was a success. Well, they switched it up a little bit in that now there are tiered successes, and I kind of like this better because it, it takes away the power of the dot and leaves a little more up to your play and your role play because your game master is going to decide where that challenge falls. Uh, okay. So maybe you need three successes. So, or, you know, if it's a challenge rating seven, you're going to need a success on set, well, seven of your dice in the pool. And, and now success is, uh, you know, six or above. It's it's based on six and up is a success on a D10. So 50-50 shot, and you're building your dice pool, so you'll need more successes. Right, and I, I mean, you know, the, you know, the dice pool was always, you know, it, it was kind of fun compared to rolling a single die for, like, D&D. You, you could be rolling a whole cup full of dice. Right. And it was, it, it, that, that was just always... Really funny to just dump a pile of dice on the table and look for successes. Right. We'll see. I'm really becoming a fan of successes instead of hitting numbers lately. I'm sure you noticed that. Just it's it's speaking to me. Now, do you remember some of the weird offshoots from uh, Werewolf they had for a while? Not so. Werewolf, Vampire, and Mage were the kind of the big three. Oh, but they had a ton of them. They had a ton of the 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 first ex-wife was really big into that when we were dating, which is funny because then after we got married, uh, gaming's for fucktards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, sweetie, we met playing vampire. <laughs> right. I mean, they had um, Changeling with, like, the fairies, yep. and there was there was one about shapeshifters that, that weren't werewolves. I sold all of my White Wolf stuff years and years and years ago. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, but I had I, uh, I had all of them because, you know, the wife that hated gaming used to love gaming. She just hated gaming from wedding day to divorce day because we played before. <laughs> and then with new husband, she plays again. <laughs> so what you're saying is you somehow destroyed her love of gaming by marrying her. If only I could do that with cheese. Hmm. Who else could I push <laughs> out of the hobby? Oh, oh, I wish. But that, my friend, is our news for the week. Yeah, nothing that set the world on fire, but still, you know, fair news. Fair news. I mean, I got to talk about Kmart, an ex-wife, and werewolf. What's not the love? <laughs> exactly. Well, this week, uh, we pulled another game out from the archives. We're really trying to clear those shelves of shame, Bert. A <laughs> War of Whispers. A War of Whispers. What's that, you say? Well, if if you're not up in the, the board games of, you know, three years ago, War of Whispers was a competitive two-to-four player game where there are five empires at war to control the world. But you're not the ruler. You are the subversive agents that are whispering into the ear of the king, so to speak. And uh, you have to manipulate what happens 
very abstract and indirectly. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to avoid saying R-I-S-K, right? Right. I mean, it's and it's not like R-I-S-K. R, you know, if you're playing that, then you are, you know, you're a, a world power trying to take over territory. In this case, you're, you know, an influential, you know, body, say... Uh, you know, not not. I don't want to compare it to this, but say almost like a religion, right? So you are. I I want to say indirectly making things happen, but it's it's indirect, but it turns out to be pretty direct by the end of the game. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing is that it it is. You, I mean, you are taking direct action during your turn, but other players can do things to you know, kind of circumvent you or to uh, stop you from taking those actions as well, depending on, you know, how things fall with the, uh, with the board. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about how, how it plays. The, the game plays over 20 turns total. That's it. Two players or four players or three players or any combination of fractional players that you might have at your table. It's 20 turns period, because you're traveling around a track on the outside edge, edge of the board each turn. and Which, one, circular board, that's kind of cool. Those are always interesting. Right, no, a circular board, and there's five segments on the board. Right, one for each one for country each or of empire. The, of the empires, right? And it, it, the turns play in phases where you put your agents out to manipulate either the countries or the armies and you, you place agents on different positions that do different things and you can sort of edge out other players based on agent placement so you know player turn does make a difference player order Absolutely. makes a difference and there are spots that are going to get more turns or less turns based on how aggressive your players are then the empires take their turns and do stuff based on where your agents are placed. Then you clean up, rinse, and repeat. You are moving armies, a la R-I-S-K, on the board. There's a card mechanic where you can collect power cards and use them to move or destroy or otherwise manipulate the armies. But pretty much, you're moving chits around on the board. It's dudes on a map. Now, the interesting thing to me was the scoring for win conditions. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah, at the very beginning of the game, everybody gets five loyalty tokens, right? One for each country and a um, a personal board. So depending on the... Uh, so you, you place your tokens on the board and... Randomly. Uh, randomly. Right. Yes. Right. And, you randomly are assigned loyalty. Right, and once you once you place them, you're allowed to look at them, but you don't show them to the other players. So the nation that you have in first place, each city they control at the end of the game will be worth four, four points. points for you. Right. Then it's three points, then it's is it one point, no points, and negative one points? It's is that one what it point, is? no point, negative one points, yes. Right. So basically the you want as many cities as you you know, as you can to be controlled by the empire that you have in the four point slot. Right. So you definitely have 
a empire that you want to win and you have an empire that you don't want to win and then you have some flux in between with how the game shakes out it's very interesting it's not difficult it's not deep by any means i think it's very middle of the road right i mean it it uh it was an interesting concept because it's a you know it's basically a war strategy game where you don't get to like have full control of the war you have to kind of circumvent other players i personally felt the gameplay was a little dry almost yeah i i didn't love it i thought that it was very look it's billing itself as almost a deception game right almost but it's not <laughs> it's 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 worker placement with a fancy worker placement mechanic right and and you know as you're going along you can sort of tell where people's loyalties lie right as they're playing because they're building their they because of how they place their workers and how they sort of play out the turns so i i know what you're feeling it's a little dry it was it was a little I wanted more. I wanted more um, deception and espionage than than it was. It was a worker placement game that was veiled or presented as something other than a worker placement game. I don't know. I, I don't think it was bad by any means. No, no, not at all. What, what do you think was the biggest weakness? I think that... You know, looking at it, the um, you know the biggest weakness that I saw is you could kind of tell where everybody's loyalties were li- would lie, so you could go out of your way to easily destroy it. Whereas if it's a uh, like just as an example, the um, the empire that I had in first place, you know, I tried to build up an army to retake a city so that I could go- get some points. And because you were also in that empire at the time, you moved that army to a totally random square uh, place where I couldn't use it and basically, you know, destroyed my opportunity to earn points because you could tell that's because where I knew that you wanted green. Lie. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I think that if you're going to have a game like that, where your sort of win conditions are secret, then there's got to be a better way to, sort of keep that secret. I'm going to piggyback on what you said with my biggest, I guess, not negative, but sort of wish item from the game. I wish that when you placed your workers, those workers were placed in accordance with actions on the board. I wish that there was almost like action cards that we could shuffle together Mm. and then play it out in random order so that you don't know whose agent caused what action. Right. And right. if you that did would... if you did that, the game would shoot from something that I'm like, yeah, it was all right, to something that I think I would really enjoy. Almost like a Battlestar Galactica sort of uh, action reveal with, with the cards in the deck. Right, but it would be competitive rather than cooperative with a trader because everybody would be against each other, but you don't know which one of the other players 
is favoring what faction. And it so, wouldn't be hard to do or expensive to do on a revision of this game because literally it would be a card deck that ha- is color-coded and has the the actions on it. So everybody could could throw in what they're doing. Now, obviously, if you're the only agent in an empire's court, that's a tell. Sure. But that can be mitigated by putting your agent in a court, and it would be more of an incentive to put your agent in a court with another agent to hide your intent. You might sacrifice an action or two by doing that, but in the long run, I can see that being very valuable. Look at that. Look at that. We're, We're helping out. The, the version two of the, you know what, fuck it, let's not help them. Mechanics can't be copyrighted. Let's find a theme <laughs> and an artist and let's fucking do it. <laughs> right. I mean, I've never played a game like that where everybody's like, I've played games where like you didn't know, like, like you didn't know what somebody was doing, but I've never played a multiplayer um, game that was competitive where you don't know who caused the action. This, this, the other translation that might be easier is if it were to translate to digital, that would be very easy to do because players could lock in their actions and then movement. And then behind the scenes have, have the, the software shuffle and, and, and play out the action. So no one knows what you're doing. And even you don't know, is that my action or is that someone else's action? Right. That right. Then you're getting more into the veil of the war of whispers. Buy it. Interesting. Play it. Head for Z Hills. I don't think I'd buy it. I don't think I'd get enough replay value out of it. Playing it was good. Be I think was good because it was sort of an interesting, like new mechanic. It may not have been executed perfectly, but it was an interesting concept. Right, uh, it was something different. So I would probably say, play it out of the three. I would play it, but it's not going to be my first choice on game night. It's not ahead for Z Hills. No, but I don't think that it's likely to get a second play at our table. Um, if it sounds like something that you would really enjoy, check it out. I can see the right group really having a good time with it. But for me, it's barely a play it. Um, it, it there's, there's potential. And I think that if we could find a way to mask the movements, it goes from a barely play it to a gotta have it. Mm, I agree with you. So a war of whispers, uh, the board game. We're, we're, we're kind of on the fence with this one. And we'll see where you fall with it. Yeah, I wish I wish we could wave a magic wand and make things better. But uh Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Well, that's the end of of our chit-chat for tonight. Uh you're listening to Nerd Cognito and hopefully you found us. I'm sure you found us through a podcast provider of your choice. 
Make sure you go to said podcast provider of your choice and like, subscribe, share, retweet, do all of those things that we need you to do so that the word gets out. And uh, this one you don't have to do in secret. We want your actions to be known and out there. So, <laughs> so no hidden deck magic movements or whispers on this one. We want you to be loud and proud. Again, we thank you for, for all of your support. I guess that's it for us this week, Bert. Yeah, seems that way. I'm sorry I missed the intro, but, you know, yeah. for all those people out there, you know, but technically difficulties come up now and then. Technical difficulties and grilling difficulties, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some problems. I was a little bit late getting on. Charcoal grilled and rain don't mix, folks. Oh, they, they can work. It's just a slow process. It's a slow, slow process. Well, my name is Ryan David. I was joined by Bert. Thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.